listeners, and welcome to the Montel Pod Extra, bringing you the latest energy market developments in these unprecedented COVID-19 times. Joining me, Richard Sverson, today is Jan Heitzmann of EFET. Jan, a warm welcome to you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very fine. Thank you very much. Excellent. So you're based in Brussels, and how, how's the uh, situation in Belgium now, these COVID-19 times? Well, the situation in Belgium is slowly normalizing to what they call the new normal, meaning that some limited schools have opened their operation and also there is some limited opening of businesses in general. And yourself, uh, Jan, are you you coping with all this home remote working? Is Is that okay for you? I'm enjoying the sunshine in the springtime at home, Okay, as many other people do here in this country. Perfect. Well, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about the the PPA market, amongst other issues as well. How would you evaluate the PPA market at the moment? Are, are things slowing down in these COVID nineteen times, or absolutely taking a bit of a breather? Mm-hmm. So, what what's happening? What are the current dynamics now? From what I gather, uh, I'm obviously not working for project developers, but I have my ears on the ground. I can say that most of the projects currently undergoing a review. This has various reasons. The corporate buyers are looking at their own energy needs looking forward. So they are checking their own expectations from these projects. On the other hand, banks have other priorities with COVID-19 issues that have come along their way. And uh, ultimately, there is a general uh, naval glazing going on throughout the industry. And that has basically translated into some general delay for most, if not all, PPA projects that are currently being uh, initiated. Is there any sort of regional differences here? Is it it happening more in Northern Europe rather than Southern, or is is it generally across the board? I think this is certainly true for, let's say, the Mediterranean part of Europe and also, let's say, the projects around Central Europe. I'm not so much knowledgeable what's going up in the north, but here, I think in general, the mood is that some of these projects, if not all, have been basically paused. That doesn't mean necessarily that they will not happen, but they will be revalued. So do you expect this slowdown to continue this year and into next? Or when do you think that, you know things could speed up again? Obviously, I'm not a clairvoyant, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I expect this, these projects to, to get back on, on their feet within a certain time frame. I would think three to six months sounds to me realistic. At the end, we have at, uh, at Resource, uh, we have established a, a cooperation with Resource and Resource Platform, which is carried by Solar Power Europe and Wind Europe. Uh, we decided to go ahead with two working groups. In this new cooperation with resource, one is the standardization working group, which I will chair. And the other one is a a risk group looking at conceptual planning for long-term exposures, which will be chaired by Kai Brindle of Wind Europe. So these workshops, working groups have been set up and are meant to start shortly. Again, here we have had a delay. We we were meaning we were planning to, to, to have them start work earlier. But due to the COVID crisis, all of that uh, was hit. Are you seeing any companies coming into difficulty here in, in the PPI? I mean, uh, and with sort of credit issues or, you know, they're just, we're even hearing talk of sort of force majeure being invoked in some parts of, of, of Europe. Is this something you're hearing, Jan? That can be. I've heard that as well, maybe from the same sources. <laughs> but it is obviously generally a picture of reassessment. And obviously force majeure is just used 
to justify people who want to get out of their contracts to do so. Whether COVID-19 represents a force majeure depends very much on the contracts uh, which they have in place. So in the wholesale market, for example, a force majeure would not be relevant in the context of a, a virus such as COVID-19. But are, are you seeing you know, a greater wish for, for companies to renegotiate contracts? Well, obviously, there is a great wish to get out of the money arrangements. And there is a lot of them, as particularly in the natural gas sector, where the prices have fallen so dramatically, but also in the power sector, where the power demand is simply drastically down due to the basically COVID-19 triggered standstill in the industrial sector. So ultimately, there is a lot of people that are sitting on out of the money contracts, which they would like to get out of. Now, uh, on the wholesale level, we looked at it with an effort at ways how to get out of these contracts and force majeure would not work. Force majeure on on a wholesale level uh, would only work if infrastructure was not working which is not the case. All infrastructure, all market infrastructure that has been put in place is working perfectly. So there is no way for them to use force majeure clause, for example, on the EFIT contracts to get out of those contracts. That's very interesting. I think um, obviously these are very, very difficult and challenging times for, for a lot of businesses out there. But before we, we started recording, Jan, you talked about um, bankruptcies and how some countries are, are changing insolvency laws. Could you, could you go into some more detail there? What are you seeing happening uh, in some European countries? Yeah, we have been looking at at credit risk issues since the beginning of the crisis. Uh, For me personally, credit risk is the key risk for the wholesale market. It is the one. Uh, And this has to do with basically payments not coming in as planned, with sales not happening as planned, with bad cash flow management, etc., So why is this, uh, let's say, uh, issue accelerated now? Because of most of the European countries issuing emergency laws, some type of COVID uh, legislation whereby they make it impossible for companies to initiate insolvency proceedings or to make it possible for third parties to initiate insolvency proceedings, even if the companies are factually insolvent. This leads to a situation whereby these companies are de facto continue trading, also they are maybe unable to pay their bills. And this creates a risk factor in the economy as a wider sense. But obviously, the the background is that governments wanted to protect all their companies from insolvency, and they have done it by introducing moratoriums. Okay, so are we seeing companies at the moment uh, going bankrupt? Have have you seen some examples of that? Well, none, because there is not possibility to Uh, go insolvent. (laughs) (laughs) We are expecting an avalanche of companies going insolvent once these moratoriums expire. But let's say the timings sometimes open in, in Spain, for example, Spain has declared state emergency in their legislation. They haven't even put a date on that or the end of it. And during this state emergency, for example, there is no Spanish company that is possibly going insolvent simply because they cannot introduce insolvency proceedings. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's true for France. Okay. In Spain and France, are these the countries that are likely to be most hit then? Well, unfortunately, there will be insolvencies in the countries that are weaker, maybe also in, in where there is a lot of smaller companies. You would certainly look at to Italy as well and into places such as Greece, Romania, Bulgaria, 
let's say, Mediterranean part of Europe, to put it more in general terms. But all of these countries have introduced similar emergency legislations, including Italy, including Germany. So also in Germany, currently, there is no possibility for introducing insolvency proceedings. But what will happen, obviously, is that once these expire, there will be an avalanche of insolvencies that will be then coming like a wave. And we don't know how high that wave will be. Are there, are there certain companies that are more likely to be affected than others? I mean, what type of companies are most at risk, Jan? To be honest with you, I believe that the highest risk will be the smaller to mid-sized companies that may not have the cash flow to survive the volatility this year. I don't see big companies at risk since they will be protected by state governments in the form of subsidies or credit loans or other measures put in place for them because they are systemically important, so to say. But as far as small and mid-sized companies, yes, I expect an avalanche of insolvency coming through once the moratoriums expire. Okay. And what, what could be the effect on the wholesale market, Jan? The effect of the wholesale market is the traders either go uh, insolvent themselves if they belong to the class of, uh, let's say, companies I just mentioned, or that they themselves don't get paid because their company, their clients, very often these moratoriums also entail a protection for end customers that are enabled not to pay their bills at all. This is, for example, the case for France, but it's also the case for Italy, where end customers are excused for not paying their bills. Well, obviously, this doesn't uh, immediately trickle through the wholesale markets, but if the customers of the of the customers of the traders, so to say, are not paid to a substantial amount, their own cash flow situation deteriorates, and that may lead to ripple-on effects in the in the in the wholesale market. But the biggest impact will be through. I mean, this is at least my personal opinion. Uh, will be in the gas sector, where there are just quite some uh, out-of-the-money situations that need to be rectified. And companies may not come to a mutually beneficial solution by negotiating themselves into it. So there will be bankruptcies that will follow from this. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there are certainly many, many dangers ahead in the post-COVID-19 times, and we'll be watching those closely. Um, thanks very much for joining the, the Montel Pod Extra today, Jan. You're welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Well, listeners, that's all for today. Remember to tune in every day at 5 o'clock CET on covid19.montelnews.com via the Montel website and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please remember to tune into the Montel Weekly as well every Friday, where we'll be bringing you all the relevant energy market news and updates. Thank you. Bye.